Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go. Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights. My name is Marco Iacchini and I'm a cross-asset strategist from our CIO team. On today's episode of the podcast, we'll discuss the latest actions from central banks around the world and what cues they give us about the macroeconomic picture. We'll get an update on Chinese equities and listen to our team's view on U.S. Treasury yields. Joining me today for this conversation, I'm glad to welcome Abhilash Narayan, Senior Investment Strategist. Without further ado, let's start today's conversation. As I mentioned, we've seen some central banks around the world start to tighten their monetary policy. Abhilash, what do you make of this and what impact it might have on other central banks? Thank you, Marco. Good to be back. Uh, And yes, clearly, we've seen some central banks uh, tighten policies. So Brazil's central bank has raised policy rates sharply. Uh, Australia's RBA has proceeded to announce the tapering of bond purchases despite renewed COVID-19 restrictions. Uh, And last but not the least, New Zealand's central bank could also hike rates within this year. So there is some hawkish tilt emerging, but we think that, you know, by and large, monetary policy remains fairly accommodative. So if we take, for instance, Europe's ECB or China's PBOC, we remain any hawkish concerns are a bit premature. In the in the latest strategy refresh, uh, ECB argues for greater focus than before on achieving sustainably higher inflation, whereas PBOC's policy recently turned you know, easier with the triple R rate cut. Uh, moving over to Fed, uh, the recent messages that we have been getting are, are a bit more balanced. So following the last Fed policy meeting at the end of July, Fed Chair Powell had noted that uh, you know, the U.S. economy had made progress, but he thought that um, uh, but he balanced that by noting that you know, the job market still had some ground to cover. Uh, and more recently, Fed Vice Chair Clarida added that he would support a tapering announcement later this year should the economy continue to progress as expected. So we think that, you know, tapering announcement may happen uh, later this year, uh, but the actual tapering process is still likely to start in 2022. Now, for investors, there is understandably some concern that the tapering announcement by the Fed could cause a wobble in risky assets. Uh, You know, add to that the fact that August to October is generally a seasonally weak period for equities. We are seeing COVID-19 cases rebounding in, in major economies. And data argues that positioning in U.S. equities is elevated. So, you know, it's it's natural to, to be afraid or concerned about temporary volatility around Fed tapering announcement. However, in our opinion, the strong economic growth as well as earnings data remains the big supportive factor for equities. So in the current uh, earnings season uh, in U.S., around 75 percent companies have reported till now and they've you know, reported an average earnings surprise uh, of, of plus 16 percent. Uh, and if we dive a bit deeper, you know, around 87% of the companies have beaten earnings expectation. So the, the positive earnings story is quite broad based. So when we combine the, the short term concern with the long term positive fundamentals, you know, our uh, investment point of view is that, you know, we would be prepared to buy any dips in our preferred equity markets, namely US and Europe, and sell into short term US dollar rallies. Thank you, Abhilash. Uh, one question about equities that is definitely top of minds for our clients, and uh, our team has written a lot about it in the last few weeks and months, uh, but the question is about Chinese equities and the regulatory crackdown. Um, can you give us an update? What are the latest on the situation and uh, what do we make of it? 
Yeah, that's that's a tricky one to answer. And, and the big question that we are getting is, you know, is it time to start adding or bottom fishing Chinese equities? Uh, but, you know, obviously the regulatory uncertainties are, are still out there. So, you know, maybe let's take a view at this from two lenses, fundamental as well as technical. So from a fundamental perspective, we would need to see an easing in regulatory pressure before considering turning more positive on, on Chinese equities. So for now, we are happy to maintain our neutral stance or you know, view it as a core holding. Now, if you look at the recent uh, rules that have been announced uh, across a number of different industries, we see that uh, as being consistent with China's long-term agenda uh, outlined in the 14th five-year plan. Uh, and with the shift in economic policy uh, from setting an annual economic growth target to a multi-year planning, we think that it's 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 uh, it's likely that policymakers are willing to tolerate short-term market volatility in exchange for long-term benefits. So uh, from past experiences, we think that such structural reform pressures could last another six to twelve months. However, if we look at technicals, then we get a bit more divergent picture. So for Chinese onshore equities, uh, so CSI 300 index, we see you know, a, a rising probability that the worst could be over. So we are seeing you know, a positive momentum divergence in weekly charts. Uh, and CSI 300's uh, failure to break decisively below the crucial support of uh, 4884 means that you know there is a, a, a strong technical support setup. So you know any break above 200-day moving average would confirm to us that the worst is behind us. Uh, but if you look at MSCI China or offshore Chinese equities, uh, you know technicals are not as convincing just yet. Uh, you know despite the index holding above 200-week moving average. So for us, we would like to see a break above the May low of 102 uh, before we can say with conviction that you know, MSCI China index is out of the woods. So when we combine the technical and the fundamental views, it's, it's a bit challenging to take a strong directional view. Uh, but given the fact that volatility is quite elevated right now, we think strategies that seek to sell volatility to generate yield could offer the best risk reward for investors. One last question, Abhilash, to, before we end the podcast. What do we make of the moves in U.S. Treasury yields? Have we uh, we seen a bottom now? Are we starting? Are we going to start seeing yields moving higher? Uh, what can you tell us? Yeah, that's that's one thing that has puzzled a lot of investors uh, over the past few weeks. So before we look ahead, let's try to understand what's causing the decline in Treasury yields. So firstly, uh, it is lower supply expectations. So uh, recently, U.S. Treasury guided towards a large reduction in supply in Q3, and given the increasing odds of a smaller than announced fiscal stimulus package, uh, market expectations of 2022 supply are being revised lower, which is consistent with, with lower yields. Secondly, the rise in Delta variant link cases has increased economic uncertainty and spurred demand for safe haven assets such as U.S. Treasuries. Uh, and the safe haven demand could persist until the concerns, uh, you know, or the cases uh, plateau. Uh, third, uh, we have seen a, a deceleration in economic data. So while on an absolute basis, U.S. economic data remains quite strong, it has come down from elevated levels that we saw a few months back, and it has disappointed market expectations. So that's also pushed yields lower. And thirdly, uh, you know, part of the yield decline has also been driven by short covering. Uh, and if you look at multiple positioning indicators, you know, we've, we've seen short positioning decline substantially. But we think bulk of that move is, is likely behind us. So 
from a near-term technical standpoint, we would like to see 10-year yields break above 1.32% uh, before we can say that the downward pressure has, has reversed. Uh, but a failure to break above that level could mean that the possibility of touching psychologically important mark of 1% still remains well and truly alive. Uh, however, from a long-term horizon, our, continue, our continued optimism on U.S. economic growth leads us to believe that 10-year Treasury yields should eventually rebound to 1.75 to 2% over the next 12 months. Hence, we continue to prefer shorter maturity corporate bonds as they are likely to be less negatively impacted by the eventual rise in, in yields. So we would use the current decline in yields as an opportunity to rotate into our preferred areas such as developed market high yield corporate bonds and Asian US dollar bonds, which we believe offer attractive risk reward. Great. Well, thank you, Abilash. Thank you for joining our conversation today. That is all for today's episode of Standard Charter Money Insights. If you would like to learn more or read our publications, please visit our website at sc.com under, under Latest Market Insights. As a reminder, if you enjoyed our discussion, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. For more details on the latest market insights, subscribe to Standard Chartered Money Insights.